Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, happy or not happy. Good morning, uh, Saturday. Uh, Saturday morning perspectives will be back next Saturday. Uh, Thomas, my co-host, had to do something today. He had to pick up somebody from the airport. So I am going to share a video with you. It's about 42 minutes. And it is from the Senate Elections and House Municipal Oversight and Elections Joint Committee meeting. And this is a shocking video, uh, if it's true. Or the video is true, but if what the person who's speaking in this video says is true, and all of the information that she presents in this video that is pretty compelling, I'm, I'm going to tell you. But what I do have to preface before we go into this, because it you know has to do with election stuff and 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 stuff like that, I personally don't believe that election fraud exists, and if it does, it's very small and not enough to sway either direction. Uh, direct yourself to the ticker below. Um, I would have to say that uh, I'm not sure I agree with what's in this video but i would definitely like to play it for you so you can see uh and i must preface again election fraud does not exist and it's not a thing there's no steal in elections they are 100 legit and i believe in the system with that being said <laughs> um yeah with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and play this for you. It's 42 minutes, and uh, I, I, I believe that it will uh, captivate you and definitely keep your attention. All right, so let's go ahead and switch this. Oh, let me just play this right here. And you may see me bouncing in and out, so don't don't mind me. I'm going to make myself almost invisible that right and the title of her report is preliminary findings of activities impacting arizona's election integrity with specific focus focus on the 2020 and 2022 general elections well good afternoon madam chair good afternoon to to everyone um my name is jacqueline Breger. And, and so, speak real close to the mic. Sorry, I apologize. Okay, <laughs> so the folks in Sholo can hear you. Prescott. I don't know if they want to. <laughs> or Prescott. Um, just to tell you a little bit about myself, I do have a master's degree in marketing, honors degrees in financial accounting, business statistics, um, economics, and business strategy. So um, I've been a resident of Scottsdale, Arizona, since 1997. And I own the Feinbreger Insurance Agency, which is a farmer's insurance agency in the Valley. Since nine, 2019, I've been a principal investigator with the Harris-Thaler Law Firm. Um, we have been investigating multiple multi-state uh, racketeering and corruption. John Harris-Thaler is our senior attorney, and he is in charge of this investigation. Mr. Thaler has been practicing law for 32 years. His firm specializes in investigating racketeering and corruption for both the public and the private sector, and he has participated in some of the largest 
investigations, both in the US and abroad. But with respect to the current matter at, at hand, in 2006, the US Attorney's Office in Illinois, Idaho, and Indiana investigated the laundering of drug cartel monies through a complex series of single family home purchases in those particular states. By 2009, numerous real estate agents, escrow companies, and title insurers, insurers had been indicted, charged, and convicted of racketeering. And in 2014, our office was asked to review the case file. The reason for this was whether we, was, was we were asked to determine whether monies from the sale of the properties had filtered to properties purchased in Arizona, specifically in the Maricopa and Pima County. We concluded that several real estate agents convicted in Iowa had set up laundering systems in Arizona, and thereafter had transferred the proceeds of sales to the Panamanian corporations. In 2018, Mr. Thaler discovered, incidental to a completely independent matter, a series of trustees evidencing that cash laundered through single-family residences in Arizona was pervasive and ongoing. With that, a new investigation began, with the focus being on money laundered and related racketeering activities in Maricopa County, and as, as well as in several other Arizona counties. We are currently represent several parties directly damaged by these racketeering activities. The investigation originally focused on fake notarizations, fake deeds of trust, fraudulent buyers and or sellers of the real property transactions, as well as other companies used in real estate transactions, such as real estate brokers, mortgage companies, title and escrow companies, real estate inspection companies, service companies, and so on. Over 120,000 documents have been reviewed to date. <clears throat> These documents have definitely evidenced multiple racketeering enterprises, which include narcotic sales, money laundering, tax evasion, payroll theft, bankruptcy fraud, life insurance fraud, auto insurance fraud, bribing of elected and appointed officials, creating and modifying public record, falsifying professional licenses and related credentials, swatting indiv individuals who pose a threat to these enterprises, and last but not least, election fraud. I walked in and heard briefly that you spoke about a compromised computer system. Well, that is something we will be addressing, I will be addressing in quite some detail. I'm going to share with you that which we've uncovered, how we uncovered it, and the conclusions drawn therefrom. I'll also share with you how the racketeering enterprises inextricably are intertwined with election fraud. It is important to note okay, that our office has been limited in resources and in terms of authority. Okay, such as subpoena power. As a result, the conclusions that I'm bringing here to you um, that we've reached to date are just the tip of the iceberg. As a result, okay, our office stands to ready to work with any of the relevant enforcement agencies. Our, primar our primary findings were first reported to Governor Ducey in 2022. Furthermore, Thaler has met with 
attorney generals in five states, the FBI, the IRS, the US bankruptcy trustee, and with several US attorneys uh, officers. Currently, there are active and ongoing investigations in federal and state jurisdictions, and both California and New Mexico have already used our report and, <coughs> sorry, and taken some corrective action. The final report will, be inclu will include the election fraud and will be complete completed and published as a book entitled Report to the Governor. This is going to be a book of 300 pages with approximately 3,000 attachments. Excerpts from this book and other, uh, other necessary documentation will be available on reporttothegovernor.com after this presentation. Our report contains 47 separate filings. I have provided you with a packet, and I do apologize that I failed to, my, my assistant failed to number the pages, but in pages 11 to 14 show you those, detail those 47 findings that we have in our report. I am going to just mention a few of those that are very pertinent to this committee. As I mentioned, beginning in Illinois, Idaho, and Iowa, in the early 80s, cash earned or otherwise collected in the sale of illegal narcotics and human tra trafficking activities conducted by the Sinaloan cartel had been laundered through the purchase of single-family residences. Laundering of this cartel money in Arizona through purchase and sale of the single-family residence began in and about 1994 and focused on new construction, particularly in Santan Valley, Litchfield Park, Goodyear, and Avondale. Cartel monies mostly came from illicit narcotic sales, which include crystal meth, <clears throat> meth, cocaine, heroin, and fentanyl, as well as human trafficking. In addition to purchase and sales of single-family residents, cash is laundered through inflated and falsified construction invoices, falsified charitable donations, tuitions paid on fake students allegedly, attempting private, allegedly attending private trade schools, and falsified bankruptcies. Wells Fargo bank bankers in Arizona and in multiple additional states have engaged in opening, checking, and direct deposits accounts for, 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 for um, phantom people. Resources, including city government officials and agencies in Mesa, Arizona has also been integral in the laundering activities. Since 2010, money laundering has exceeded $7.5 billion. In Arizona, laundered cash is used in part to bribe elected and appointed public officials and their support staff. The principal preparers of the documents necessary to effect the racketeering enterprise are Donna Ray Chavitz, a resident of Mesa, and her daughter, Brittany Ray Chavitz. To date, more than 10,000 falsified documents have been recorded with the Maricopa County Recorder's Office. We estimate that more than 35,000 warranty deeds and trust deeds evidencing fraudulent transactions exist in the database. The number of falsified notarizations exceeds over 15,000. Donna and Brittany participate in racketeering activities, which also include facilitating the bribes to the public officials, tax evasion, payroll theft, bankruptcy fraud, insurance fraud, and extortion. The city of Mesa, is a racketeering organization, as that term is defined in 18 U.S.C. Section 1961. 
To protect the enterprise, civil rights are systematically and, and systematically and systemically violated to preserve racketeering activities. Fines and outrageous cash bonds are used to collect monies which are then skimmed and redirected into the racketeering enterprises. The City of Mesa Police Department operates within it a private police department that is used to support and protect racketeering enterprises. Officers participating in this force are compensated with monies paid through the phony mortgage schemes and other related schemes. Officers operating within this private force systemically violate our Fourth Amendment rights by breaking and entering into private properties, wiretapping, computer hacking, cell phone hacking, and by using relative related surveillance techniques without warrant. Officers also plant evidence and hide exculpatory evidence. Multiple state agency databases have been infiltrated or hacked, thus allowing falsified documents to be uploaded into, into them and allowing legitimate documents to be removed. For example, the database for the University of Arizona and Arizona State and Northern Arizona have been infiltrated and hacked. It permits individuals to be given degrees who never attended or graduated from these schools and allows phantom individuals to be awarded degrees, thus lending legitimacy to their existence. Further, state licensing databases have been infiltrated and hacked to permit individuals with fake degrees to permit phantom individuals to have state licenses issued. And these licenses, like accounting or real estate, mental health care, even law licenses, um, we have seen phantom attorneys registered with the state bar. The Maricopa County database for the recorder's office and for the superior court were designed in 2014. They were set up for outside infiltration so that falsified documents could be uploaded or <coughs> legitimate documents removed. Since 2015, hundreds upon hundreds of falsified court documents have been loaded into the database. These documents include falsified default judgments, criminal restitution orders, child support orders, all of these used in swatting activities against individuals posing a threat to the racketeering activities. Since 2004, elections within Pima County and Maricopa County have been manipulated through the infiltration of the county databases, resulting from bribes paid to executives at election service providers, including, but not limited to, principals at Runback Election Services. In addition to impacting local elections, bribes and infiltration were used to affect the outcome of the races during the November 3rd, 2020 election, including the outcome of the race for Maricopa County Recorder and the outcome of the November 8th, 2022 election, race for Governor, Secretary of State and Attorney General. Public officials who have received bribes include multi-state office holders, state house and state senate, local office holders, county supervisors, judges in the Maricopa Supreme Court, judges of some city courts, including two presiding judges, judges assistants, prosecutors within certain cities within Maricopa County, prosecutors for Maricopa County, peripheral legal specialists, including attorneys, approved mental health care providers, as in court-appointed advisors and related specialists. 
In the Superior Court of Maricopa County and Pinal County and Pima County, at least 25% of the active judges have accepted bribes in exchange for protecting the racketeering activities. Bribe payments generally begin before the individual is even appointed to the bench. Bribes are usually paid as an incentive for the attorney to leave their private practice. By way of example, Mesa City Prosecutor off, sort of prosecutor's office routinely files charges and convicts innocent individuals who knowingly or unwittingly pose a threat to the racketeering enterprise. With respect to judges in the Mesa City Court, Judge Tetz, Judge Alicia Lola, preside over these in, invented cases filed by the city prosecutor, falsely convicting and sentencing the defendant. In the Maricopa County Superior Court Family Division, child custody evaluators, commonly known as court-appointed advisors, routinely accept bribes in exchange for favorable reports. Bribes are often facilitated by attorneys representing one party. But let me explain. As I stated earlier, in 2018, Mr. Thaler found trust deeds recorded with the Maricopa County Recorder Office, evidencing money laundering and tax evasion. These documents, as I mentioned, were prepared by both Brittany and Dana Chavitz. Both of them are connected to the real estate agents suspected of setting up the home purchasing laundering systems in Arizona. <clears throat> the, um, their principal employer was and is the Sinaloan cartel. Today we know that their participation in the creation of documents necessary for the criminal enterprise runs more than 25 years and includes facilitating bribes to public officials. Our initial discovery included more than 100 fake trust deeds and warranty deeds in Maricopa County, where either Brittany or Donna executed the document as either buyer or seller or as the notary under an assumed name. At least half these documents purported to be executed by married individuals. The discovery of the falsified deeds led to the discovery of additional racketeering enterprises, including, but not limited to, as I've mentioned, insurance fraud, payroll fraud, and bankruptcy fraud. It also led to the discovery of the extortion schemes I've already mentioned. Maricopa County Recorder's Office has at least five appointments made by Adrian Fontes, our county recorder, from 2017 to 2021, who are phantoms, non-existent individuals. These phantom individuals hold positions related to election services. Further, during the same period, the office has at least 15 individuals whose appointments were falsified and thereafter kept hidden from the public during the 2020 election cycle. The appointment documents for all of the above individuals have forged signatures, falsified clerical signatures, which means that the tracings from, the, from a signature stamp, and fake dates. These falsified notarizations were made by Brittany. Said falsified clerical signature and date were made by Donna Chavitz. I'll be sharing examples of this in a few minutes. In addition to election fraud, manipulation of the city and county databases include falsified default judgments, restitution orders, child custody orders, and so on, as I've explained. Brittany and Donna have also been able to forge signatures of judges. Well, that summarizes the findings, at least those that pertain to you guys, of, our, of the book. But as I stated, the parameters of our investigation 
did not originally include election fraud. It's important to note that we do not have, uh, we, we do not represent any political candidate, or political party or political action committee or any similar organization or individual. Mr. Thaler himself did not vote in 2022. In He's not donated to any party. In November 2019, Brittany approached Mr. Thaler and his colleague, attorney John J. Stanley, with a request that they obtain for her WITSEC protection. However, prior to obtaining approval, Brittany was threatened in such a manner that she broke off direct communications with our office. She has continued to surreptitiously provide evidence concerning these criminal activities. In October 2020, shortly before the November 3rd election, Thaler was provided certain information. First was evidence that the Maricopa County computer database had been designed with various backdoor allowing us outsiders to infiltrate it and to change <clears throat> the data. Second was the identities of bribed recipients, which included elected officials. And third, on October 26, 2020, Thaler's team discovered approximately 25,000 falsified ballots being held in a, and with a significant sum of cash in a private residence in Mesa, rented to, Don, to Donna Chubbitz. I do have a declaration in your packet that you've been provided detailing that. The investigation into election fraud is not limited to the state of Arizona. However, where Arizona is concerned, a plethora of individuals are implicated in the fraud, including elected and appointed officials, and as I've already mentioned, run back election services, the service provider to Maricopa County. The Maricopa County database has absolutely no integrity whatsoever. Let me explain. I chose to, <clears throat> to, invest, to share with you my investigation of Katie Hobbs by way of example. But for purposes of this exercise, I could have pretty much selected any of those individuals that are listed on your in your packets on page 70. I apologize that you don't have a page, but you'll see that it's near the end of the book. <laughs> When our investigation leads to a name of a particular individual that we suspect to be involved in this racketeering activity, in the, these racketeering activities, we, re we research their deeds of trust, which are recorded with the Maricopa County Recorder's Office and publicly available. If there is an unusual amount of deeds of trust for that individual, and if there are deeds of trust for the same or similar named individual, or with multiple varying middle initials, we dig further. In the case of Caitlin Hobbs, please look at page 17 through 50 in your packet. I have shared with you 11 deeds of trust in the name of Kathleen M. Hobbs and Patrick T. Goodman. However, when we looked at the deeds in your packet on page 51 to 64, these have similar names but we've discovered that they too were compromised. In some cases, we review deeds of trust filed under a spouse or a child or parent or business partner, just depending on the specific circumstances. When the writings match that of Brittany and Donna, we can determine that the, no and when, when we can determine that the notarization is fraudulent and or the buyer and or the seller signatures are fake, we know the deed is fraudulent.
If you look at the deeds for Kathleen M. Hobbs and Patrick D. Goodman, I have provided you with the first signed pages of the deeds. And on page 65 is a comparison of just the signatures. Okay, the pages with some red writing on them for the buyers of each deed. This page will speak for itself. There's obviously some inconsistencies with the signatures for Kathleen and for Patrick. This is apparent to anyone with a na any naked eye, but we have verified all our findings with a qualified forensic document expert who represents the state of California. Now, let's look at the notaries who signed these deeds. Again, I provided you with a page of all the notary signatures on page 66. Next to this, I provided you with references to pages from our reports that we have from our qualified forensic document expert, where similar writings have been verified as either being that of Brittany or Donna. The only other option is in some situations, there are graphics or traces of other signatures where we can verify that an imposter has attempted to copy an original signature. Linda Mitchell's reports are lengthy. We have, in over, we have over 500 pages in reports. So unfortunately, unless I was going to walk in here with stacks like this for each of you, I could not bring those and give you each a copy, but they will be available to you if anyone wants to email me a request. On page 67, I've demonstrated some other writings on the deeds, which have also matched with pages from our forensic reports. What I provided you on page 68 to 69 is where we delve even further. When you look at the deeds, you will notice that there is a title company and a mortgage company. As is pretty evident, the writings on the document filed with the Corporation Commission for these entities is also that of Brittany or Donna. To summarize our findings with regards to Governor Katie Hobbs, taking into account just those documents in her name are as follows. There are nine deeds of trust in the name of Kathleen M. Hobbs and Patrick T. Goodman, husband and wife, from 1997 to 2021, which essentially means that they either purchased or refinanced a home every two to three years, which is not most not statistically, statistically not likely, not improbable, but even more so when six of the nine deeds of trust were recorded within the 10-year period between 97 and 2007, the concentration of which is between 2001 and 2005, which was during Ms. Hobbs' tenure at Emerge Arizona. When researching the documents filed with the Corporation Commission for Emerge Arizona, we found that these documents evidence hand signing and hand printing that belongs to Brittany and or Donna. <coughs> if one were to guess, and this is just a guess on our part, Emerge Arizona seems to have been formed as a medium to attract women interested in politics and bribe them through the proper scheme to adopt positions of power and to further the goals and objectives of the cartel. Most of these deeds have been fraudulently notarized, meaning that one or multiple parties' names in the transaction are either not present or do not exist at all. In some, if not all cases, it's evident by page 65 in your packet, Ms. Hobbs and Mr. Goodman's signatures are clearly inconsistent, indicating that the majority of the, the deeds were created by a different individual. 
who are attempting to copy Hobbes and Goodman's signatures, particularly on the deeds where the notarizations have been found to be fake. We then researched the title companies and the mortgage companies on these deeds of trust. Some of these do not or have never existed. Some do not even exist in Arizona. Ms. Berger, uh, can I ask you to please uh, submit one of these packets to the pages so we can get this put in the record? And then we, we are going to have to uh, tighten this up and keep it germane to election so we don't exceed the scope of our authority. Sure. <clears throat> Would you like me to finish with my conclusions with that? How much more do you have? Um, a bit. <laughs> Uh, let, let, me finish, let me finish on this example, okay. and then I will go, go on to more of the election fraud. Okay, so when I said we researched the title companies and the mortgage companies, some do not even exist. What can we conclude by these discoveries? Purpose of having a fake deed of trust is to move cash without it being traceable. A phony mortgage company provides a phony mortgage as the one primary method by which cash is moved invisibly. There are basically only three reasons to create a fake deed of trust. If the buyer does not exist, then the mortgage serves as a means of laundering the money. If the buyer does exist, then the mortgage is used to, to provide the owner of the deed money. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, that is untraceable. And when the person resides in the location of the deed, then that's even more, more further proof that money is being provided that is untraceable. I can take you through example after example, but in the interest of time, um, since at least 2004, ballot counts have been tampered with. Our county's current computer database, which was built between 2014 and 15, has been and continues to be infiltrated and hacked. Its architects specifically designed the system with multiple backdoor entry points. These points permit the uploading of falsified documents and the removal of genuine documents from the county system. We have seen Brittany access the, the database and have an eyewitness to, to testify for that. Over the past 15 years, Brittany has used her access to load falsified judgments and so on. Um, Beginning in 2017, the accents points have been used to change vote to totals and thereon election results. Illegal transfers have been made and provided to Runback and Jeff Ellison. The phony deeds used in the scheme to move money to candidates are created by Brittany. For-profit and non-profit PACs are also created by Brittany and used to move money for candidates. During the 22 election, ballot scanners, printers at 70, at 70 precincts suffered changes to their printer settings, despite being tested the night before the election. The changes in those settings were made through computer infiltration, not manually or by some never-before-seen error. The uncontrollable ballots were placed in box three and allegedly driven to run back. Witness information provided on October 2020, 2020 confirms that more than 100,000 filled-in ballots and more than $13 million were identified by some of our investigators in two unmarked rental cars. These vans were loaded with the ballots and cash at a private residence in Mesa. 
and driven to Runback's office. The Runback company, <clears throat> as you know, is operated by Robert Runback. We have found deeds for Runback <clears throat> and Ellison. So, I was going to drive home the point, but instead I will move on. We have heard, okay, that the, the statistical improbabilities of an improbable, uh, thank you, outcome with respect to the November 2020 election. Let's look at Andre Fontes and Stephen Riker for the Maricopa County Recorder. Riker's win, win was just statistically impossible. To win... Are, are you referring to Stephen Richer? Richer, sorry. <clears throat> My apologies. Um, Fontes is a Democrat and was the incumbent. Percentages for Biden, Biden Cinema, and Kelly ran up, ran up at approximately a 2.5% margin in the county against all their, their, against their opponents. Richer won by approximately 6,000 votes. This means that 50,000 individuals who voted for the Democratic ticket across the board had to choose the Republican candidate for recorder against an incumbent who never suffered a scandal. Never happened. This was a planned loss. Hobbs would receive the Democratic nomination for governor and Fontes would run for Secretary of State to replace Hobbs. <clears throat> the strategy appeared to have been planned. I have shown you that both Hobbs and Fontes have Brit what we call Britney deeds, evidencing a strong likelihood that they are bribed recipients. Now, <clears throat> it may seem obvious, but I do feel that it's necessary to explain nonetheless. Given that Arizona is a border state and that drug smuggling and human trafficking is a billion-dollar business, it would appear that having our elected and appointed officials ensure that the cartel enterprise remain open for business would be paramount. The cartel invests substantially to ensure that the right people are in key positions so as to further their objectives. The fix for 2020 and for 2022 started in 2017 with appointment to election positions of individuals being bribed through the mortgage scheme and through monies being laundered by the appointment of phantom individuals. The problems with these documents are many. <clears throat> if you look at your pages 71 and 76, the recorded appointments from Fantes, which were notarized by a Jessica York, first, the handwriting and handprinting of Jessica York have been identified as belonging to Brittany by our forensic, account, uh, forensic document expert. Secondly, the York signatures are the same handwriting, but not the same style. And that change of style exists even when the documents were allegedly signed on the same day. You can see the June 4th documents. The December 9th date and the clerk handwriting matches Donna. The signature of the clerk at the bottom is actually a tracing of a signature stamp. The time between the signature and the notarization and alleged execution of the clerk and thereafter the recorded date <coughs> evidence forgery. Normally, it's a two to three turnaround time. These took multiple months and all were allegedly clerk ex executed and recorded after the election certification. I have example after example where things do not add up. In addition to state representatives, there are three of the five Maricopa County supervisors have also recorded documents evidencing the acceptance of bribes. 
Further, we've investigated PACs relating to state office holders and dark money transactions relating to said PACs. From late 2018 to 22, a significant number of questionable real estate transactions were facilitated by several law firms, including partners at per Perkins Coie. Mr. Thaler would be here himself presenting this information, but there have been multiple attempts on his life. Thaler was driving from Arizona to California when suddenly he lost control of his vehicle. Upon investigation, it was discovered that his tire was purposefully slashed by a straight edge knife, about four to six inches. The cut was made at such a location on the outer side of the tire where the tire would not lose air, but instead would degrade to a point causing catastrophic failure, most likely at high speed. Again, declaration is included in your packet. The, declaration, uh, the reason I mention this, and the only reason I mention this, is because a similar attempt was made on the life of Carrie Lake's daughter during her campaign. To date, six attempts have been made on Thaler's life. In Arizona, public officials accepting bribes include members of the legislature, the executive branches of the state government, more than two dozen judges on the Maricopa County Superior Court, at least two judges in the city of Mesa Court, at least one judge in the town of Gilbert, the mayor of Mesa, five members of Mesa City Council, several police Madam officers. Madam Chair, point of order. This is not the appropriate place to be, to be alleging um, We, we do have a rule in this chamber that we cannot impugn the motives of other members uh, as as explosive as that testimony was. Um, but that is our that is our rule. OK, so what we're going to do is this. I need you to wrap up in terms of impact okay. to the election. Thank okay. you. <clears throat> I, even though I invest in covers multiple states, okay, um, Thaler and our team have interviewed over 30 witnesses in Arizona. Several individuals in the public, of, of public officials list have cooperated with the investigation. The team has collected and reviewed more than 120,000 documents, as I've said. Okay. The immense data, data that we have collected will assist enforcement agencies investigating the election fraud. Further, the data we have collected and the connections we have found and the vast details of this entire investigation will lead enforcement agencies to those participating in the frauds and will help you restore election integrity within our beautiful state. Thank you. Thank you. And my first question is, to whom have you given this data other than to us today? As we said, the report was given to, to Governor Doug Ducey in May of 2022. So he has been made aware. Um, as has, um, as I've mentioned in my, you know, in my presentation, FBI, um, some of the other um, uh, attorney generals, um, especially in New Mexico and California. Thank you, okay. Madam and Chair. Um Ms. Breger, how was this given to Mr. Ducey? Was it by you personally? No. No, it was not given by me personally. It was given by one of our team members. Next question. Yes, Representative Jones. 
Uh, just Madam Chair. Yes. Uh, Ms. Brigger. Can you give this to the Arizona Attorney General? Madam Chair, <clears throat> Mr. Brigger, um, we have not yet presented this to the Arizona Attorney General. Um, we do know that Governor Ducey did share this with the Attorney General at the time. Um, how how but, do you know that? Yeah, how do you know that? Because he shared that information with Mr. Thaler directly. But I personally has, have not given it to our Arizona Attorney General yet. Madam Chair, Ms. Brigger, was Mr. Thaler the one that gave this to the governor? No, not directly, because Mr. Thaler is not in Arizona. So how, so would Mr. Thaler, how would Mr. Thaler know that Governor Ducey shared this with the Attorney General's office? Because the Governor Ducey and Mr. Thaler were in contact. Next question, Representative Jones. Madam Chair, ma'am, thank you so much for coming. You're very brave, in my opinion. My, my question is, and I, I guess it's a question for clarity, how this is, in my opinion, related to the election is what you're stating is potentially many people, elected officials here, have potentially been bribed or blackmailed to get certain election results. And I think the people have the right to hear that because the people in Arizona right now crave truth. Is that, am I understanding clearly? Yes, you are, absolutely. And that is exactly why I'm here today. Um, <clears throat> I think that we have gone round and round and round with the, in, the concept of election integrity, but nobody is willing to actually speak the truth of how did our election get compromised? And it, it, as in nuts and bolts, how, you know, what happened to actually compromise our elections and compromise um, the integrity of our state? Madam Chair, may I? Yes, Madam Chair, Mrs. Berger, um, what may I ask what political party are you? <coughs> oh, excuse me, Madam Chair. Um, I'm unaffiliated. Madam Chair, follow-up. Madam Chair, Mrs. Berger, how long has it taken for this information to be compiled and how many people worked on this team? <coughs> Madam Chair, this information was compiled over approximately three and a half, four years. Um, and we have had approximately five to 10 people at any given time, because it hasn't always been a consistent, um, working on this investigation. To that point, Madam Chair, Go ahead, Ms. Brigger, um, Madam Chair, Ms. Brigger, when did you say this was presented to Governor Ducey? Madam Chair. Go ahead. May 2022. Thank you. Any other questions? Yes. Um, Madam Chair, Ms. Brigger, would you provide a copy um, for the committee that has the pages annotated, Absolutely. please? Absolutely. Thank you. So. I apologize. It was very difficult to... I do you apologize. kept referring to page numbers, but none of the pages have any page numbers. I, so. I, as I said, I did apologize at the Thank forefront you. of this presentation, but I shall do so. Any other any questions? questions from the dais? Uh, I have a question. Go ahead, Senator Ms. Bennett. Uh, Madam Chair, Ms. Brigger, how is it that you were invited to uh, address the committee today? By whom? I was invited by Senate, <coughs> by Representative Harris. Thank you. 
Any further questions? Thank you, Ms. Brager. You're a brave woman. Thank you, Madam Chair. Brave Chef. woman. Thank you. you. Very I, brave. You, you got my attention. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Madam Chair, permission to play the constituent video? Um, affirmative. So, holy shit. <laughs> if that's legit, um, that explains a lot. Uh, but like I said, you know, election fraud doesn't exist and uh you know we should trust our our electoral system and everything about it our government always has the best intentions for us and wants to keep us safe so anyways uh keep it 100 stay true to yourself everything else man is just noise oh darn it come on <laughs> for merch, for Patreon, Patreon, and social media links, go to linktr.ee/slash nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. On Instagram, on Nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. On Twitter, on Twitter. Up now. On the YouTube channel. Nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Podcast. See you. See you next time. Next time.